Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Trio Pop Podcast. My name is Brandon. My name is Amanda. And my name is Nick. And we are your three hosts back at it again to talk about another set of topics. So with topic number one, we have the opinion on video game violence and violent movies, and if it affects the viewers and the players of this content. Uh, what do we think? Uh, I honestly believe that using the scapegoat of video games is just, it's gotten so old mm. to where it's just been, it's a tired concept. You know, it, it, we have statistics and, and, you know, proof that it just, it, it doesn't affect people that way. Mm. You know, it's just crazy people doing crazy things. And that's what, what, you know, these like politicians and everything need to get the, you know, the bottom line of. Well, that's what I think we need to talk about first is the fact of why we're even talking about this being the fact that. Or President Donald Trump just said that violent video games are the reason that we're having mass shootings, violent movies. Um, that's the real issue here. It's, you know, it's taking away the blame of, you know, either mental illness or people that were, you know, raised without responsibility, any, yeah, kinda, morals, yeah. responsibility. And they're blaming video games when multiple people have watched scary movies or violent movies, have played violent video games, and they're okay, mm-hmm. you know, for... I mean, what they said, Walmart's going to be taking down all of their displays now, violent video games, mm-hmm. to, to cater to people that, you know, might be on edge. I, I don't know if I agree with it. I agree, too. Somebody made a, a meme, I saw it today, this morning, and it was, they supposedly, a Walmart removed all of its video, like, mm-hmm. rated M games, but they still kept, wherever this Walmart is, probably somewhere Midwest, they kept all of their gun and ammunition stuff yeah, yeah so that's that. like very hypocritical so you're like good on you walmart uh, i just think the thing is they're trying to find something to blame it on so that way they don't blame it on either you know people being racist having racist tendencies going after a select group of people they're trying to generalize it that oh anyone can be affected by this it's not necessarily people mm-hmm. pinpointing people that's saying oh well you play violent video games so you might you know turn this into a reality one day and the real issue is is if you know someone in your family has some sort of mental trauma or disorder or maybe it's a little off, maybe they shouldn't be playing these games. Maybe they shouldn't be exposed to these things. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of families will, you know, kind of steer away from that because you don't want to send someone over the edge with something like this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, also a big thing for me, too, is, like, you look at any other country this is not happening uh mass shootings as far as we know uh, as far as we know but yeah there's clearly there's other issues going on in other countries but i mean to have almost three situations back to back you know you had the two and Mm -hmm. then there was a fireman who stopped another person who was going into another walmart you know within 48 hours of the first two massacres that happened it's just enough's enough like we need to stop blaming video games we need to start taking control and and saying you know what maybe it's maybe it's education that these kids are getting maybe it's something they've been exposed to when they're younger maybe it's the way that they're they're raised in their environment in being the around guns being told that you know they can do whatever they want with them that's the issue and mm-hmm. guns shouldn't be personally i don't think you know guns should be allowed for everyone that's why they're trying to make it harder but Anyone can have a handheld gun, but I don't think you need to have a machine gun rifle like or anything like that. Yeah, there's yeah, there's no need, in my opinion. I don't think anybody should really have an assault rifle um, in their closet at all, regardless of what you do. There's yeah, really no machine gun rifle. Yeah, there's just no there's no reason for it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's my personal belief um i'm getting tired of people blaming video games for it because there's plenty of people that go out there and 
you know what, they, they play these games as an escape for the storyline, you know, you play Grand Theft Auto, you don't do it so you can get on there and just start attacking people, you know, you do it for the storyline, and it's it's the time of the game, it's like the old mm -hmm. mafia, and being a part of something like that, you well, know? You can even raise the concern there, too, where I was talking to somebody, I'm like, everybody points the finger at Grand Theft Auto, it's always been that game, it's mm -hmm. either Grand Theft Auto or it's Mortal Kombat, and then you have Grand Theft Auto being this game where everybody's like, well, you can shoot people you can like beat a hooker you can yeah, do all this stuff it's, yeah. it's just a simulator that's all it is it's never gonna actually entice someone to do it anyway. even, well, I mean, even it the can, word simulator is very vague can, with I that game i think that it can push people over the edge like if you're already you know not super strong yeah. in the headspace and then you play these games and you feel powerful yeah. people think that they can take that video game power and bring it into the real world well, and they, that's where they're coming issues. up with this right and that's that's really the heart of it. I mean, maybe the video games could be triggers, but so could anything else. Your parents fighting can be a trigger for you going out and doing something mm -hmm. like this. Uh, you know, I don't know if necessarily the president is making people do this, mm -hmm. which people are saying, you know, I mean, different things that he, he's saying could trigger things. Yeah. But at the heart of it, it's whatever is going on in this person's mental situation. And yeah, we should be a little bit more sensitive, maybe in the fact of, you know, looking out for these people that have these issues, you know, in our families yeah. and be like, okay, you know what, maybe we need to take a step back instead of letting something happen and then pointing the finger. Yeah, it, mm. is, it is sad that we're in the age of everyone being triggered over everything yeah. and no one can just kind of sit down and, you know, take something at face value. You know, it has to have some sort of, you know. Deeper meaning. Yeah, you know, everything, like especially in video games nowadays. There's just like, you know, journalists and, and fans of games that just, I wouldn't even say fans of games, just people trying to hop on the bandwagon of complaining that, you know, mm -hmm. there's not a transgender main character, you can't do this or that, and it's just like, just let them have the creative freedom of making a video game that's fun. But even, like, before I get to the my other argument with this, it's, it's, I've made so many memories and friendships with people who... I've played video games with. I've grown up years, years of playing online gaming with all these different people and friends of past and present that I've created these like really great stories with. Yeah, because a game is in in quotes violent. Um, it's a shame to see that whole thing attacked. So there's games like uh, I don't know. You look at like a Resident Evil game, which is a zombie game. So if that shows an ounce of violence, which there is in that game, is there going to be this weird ban of just violence in general in future? Or is it going to be towards Grand Theft Auto stuff? Or is it going to be towards like real life practical stuff? It, it's That stuff scares me. And as somebody who uses video games as like an escape, I've always loved video games for just the magic of it all. Um, and like the friendships I've created with it as well. But... Um, and again, I lost my train of thought. Well, here's, here's, my, one, yeah. here's my argument to that is that, you know, yes, these video games are out there, but they do have ratings, just like mm -hmm. movies that we see. Mm -hmm. And if parents are letting kids start off on these games, if they're having issues at home just to shut them up, to let them play whatever they want, or, you know, even if there isn't an issue, it could potentially cause a problem if you're nine years old and your parents give you Grand Theft Auto yeah. and you're exposed to that. That can definitely affect you, but that's why there's a rating on it and parents need to maybe be a little bit more strict. I mean, we definitely played Grand Theft Auto before we were, I don't know, uh, we, within the age no, bracket like, of it. We, I remember the first night I played it with uh, with Dad, and it was 
like it was horrifying when I first saw it, and that I remember we were so sick to our stomachs. But then years later, like we tried it again. Right, and it's uh, not it's like, like something oh, like that ruined you, but you know what? Maybe it shouldn't it, have been exposed no, at that young definitely. of an age, and that's the thing. Like kids nowadays, like they're so used to seeing everything that that's causing a bigger problem. Now you're having yeah. younger kids doing these things, and like you go back in the years, yeah, there are issues there, there are problems. I mean, the '80s was all '70s and '80s was all serial killers. Like it's mm. you know the unfortunately the world goes through its like phases of these horrible things. Mm. But it's like now it's younger kids and it's guns and it's the gun control. But I don't think that you can necessarily blame a game. No. Like if your parents don't expose you to something like this at a young age where you don't understand. I think that if you're a family that has guns in the home and you use them respectfully, then there shouldn't yeah. be an issue. Yeah, but... It's when you feel like you can, you know, have control over someone. It's a power trip. Mm. You know, it's yeah. it's taking away someone's freedom and just having that control. Uh, this also, I uh remind remember yeah i remember what i wanted to talk about too and so i think a lot of people nowadays from kids to adults because of social media also because of video games and even movies and all this no matter where you look a lot of people have become desensitized Mm -hmm. to everything Mm -hmm. you can see uh, unfortunately you can probably see real life death on social media and people will laugh at it and that's yeah yeah, exactly and there's all this stuff, and it's it's so sad, and it's wrong. and I like I really hate smartphones and stuff. There's too for much that, exposure for that yeah. reason. Um, and what's sick is some people seek it out, and that's really disturbing to me. But yeah, it's I think there's a little too much, and there's so much you can focus on, but there's more to it than just yeah, the video games being violent. I don't think you violent. can pinpoint this as the reason that people are going off and doing this. Like that's the whole point yeah. of this discussion is to kind of. You know, tell us if, if we think that there's more to blame than just games. And I definitely think that we all are on the same page when we say, you know, it could potentially be a factor if other things are going on, but so could anything else in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could grow up in a bad area and see things. You know, you could grow up in a great area, but be exposed to these things at a young age. Mm-hmm. Like, you never know. And, you know, I think people just need to be more aware. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, too, is that, you know, I, there's, you know, a bunch of people on this planet that played violent video games and you know all it takes is one person one crazy person to do something and have it relate ruined, back to yeah. violent video games mm-hmm. and it ruins it for everyone else uh, yeah and, but like it's it's also to like this the thing i was talking about before it's like so with a game like resident evil where you're shooting zombies and infected people and stuff there's a reason for it right but when i'm playing like a game like take example i love fighting games so street fighter where like i love throwing like a hadouken it it is that since it's technically fighting violence is within fighting am i going to be missing out on that experience in the future that's what scares me and i feel like you mean uh, like you won't be able to play it yeah no yeah like like there will be like a crackdown on it i don't know i don't think it's going to go that far because i think with what's going on right now with the president the reason that he kind of pinpointed video games is to hop off I mean, whatever your beliefs are, you know, we're not getting into that. It's not going to be political Mm -hmm. at all. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he has said things and he is leading his own um, opinions and it's filtering into other people's lives. And people are either falling for whatever he's going, you know, whatever he's pitching 100 Mm percent or they're completely against it. So if he can navigate the people that are, you know, totally on his side into believing that video games are the problem, then it kind of takes the heat off of him for some of the things that he said that other people are blaming him for. And while I, uh, like, I, I get that, 
the Universal Studios also did something recently. They canceled an entire movie based on what's been happening lately mm-hmm. called, mm-hmm. I believe, The Hunt. And I, I never saw the trailer. I remember hearing about it. Supposedly the whole movie's scrapped. It's canceled. It's done. Yep. So, because of what's been going on lately, and a lot of TV shows do this well, as well. Well, also, like, I, I haven't watched it, but that new show, Euphoria, on HBO, yeah. there, I think, was a, a shooting scene or something, and they didn't take it out after, you know, the shootings had, had gone on, and yeah. so many people were appalled. They couldn't believe that they didn't take it out, but it's like... You can't match is, the timing. And right, and this is still, you know unfortunately people watch shows for escapes and you don't want to see these things but they have to be you know semi-realistic and Mm. unfortunately in reality these things are going on and i don't think that we can filter out the whole world from people either and pretend that these things aren't happening because that's when everyone starts to slip and things start to happen you know you need to be aware and i think that you need to stick to you know your guns and your gut and feel you know what's going on in the situation that's that was the whole thing with the you know, the censorship that I was talking about earlier where, you know, people get triggered over every little thing, mm-hmm. you know, just because there's a, a, a mass shooting and then, you know, in a piece of media, there's a mass shooting. It's like, why did you keep that in there? It's like, that's that was their creative control, whether they, you know, intentionally had it for that reason or not. You know, you can hate it if you want, but there's no reason to, you know, go, you know, go to their Twitter or whatever and just say, this is absolutely like disgusting mm-hmm. you know, take you know take this down or whatever it's just yeah i mean right. there's always going to be you know crazy activists that are going to be against everything pro everything and you're going to deal with that but i mean i think that we touched upon enough yeah i feel like we just we had to mention this because we we play a lot of video games we love a lot of movies and unfortunately the stuff that we play it's, and watch you know unfortunately for, for people that stuff. have grown up with this it almost offends you in a way because people start to look at you different yeah if you play these games or you watch these movies they're like well if this person could have done it what's to say that you can't mm-hmm. and it's like you can't trigger one thing as something that's going to make the whole rest of the world do something as well and yeah. i think that that's the whole reason we wanted to bring this into light is you know don't judge a book by its cover everyone's different everyone goes through things and you know what if video games are an escape for you and that gets you out of whatever you're going through then i think that you should be able to play them you know? also too it's just like oh somebody somebody played video games that makes them violent it's like the guy could be playing kirby every day <laughs> and, mario kart yeah, can make you angry and it's just like oh my god he plays video games dude i play mario every day i'm not playing grand theft auto yeah. like, and people will be like he plays video games. He's anyway. to Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the Minecraft. <laughs> anyway, this has been... It's gone on for quite too long. We want to talk about happier stuff, more stuff that we absolutely love about these topics. So the second topic is something very interesting. And that is Disney has plans to make sequels for its live-action movies and Ooh. remakes like Aladdin. How do we feel about this? Is it necessary? No. How would we feel no. about a Lion King sequel? Ooh. Would this be beneficial? Trash. The only argument I heard for the a Lion King sequel is that it would shine some more light on, I on think the direct the DVD. And the, the Lion King 2 was actually really good. Yeah, and so was the original. No. Until they made it live action. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, well, let's, let's before you say what you're going to say, let's talk about what they're actually in talks of, yeah. which would be the remake of Aladdin. We don't know if they're t- thinking about doing a Lion King 2 necessarily, no, 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 yeah. but right now, that was just an idea to in throw the media, out. they're talking about potentially an Aladdin you know, 2. 
And we didn't see Aladdin. None of us saw the live action, obviously. And we've grown up. We wanted seen... to see it, but we just couldn't get to it. We never got around to yeah. it. So we will see it once it comes out and we'll give our review of that. But for right now, you know, I heard that it got great reviews. There's obviously mixed things with um, Will Smith when he was, you know, genie and everything. People said that the way he portrayed it was pretty good. Um, I don't think that Disney should run with the live actions. I think, no. you know what, if they're gonna if they're gonna pull from the past and they're gonna do it well, do it once. Don't keep, you know, pushing the cash cow and bringing in as much money as possible to to just you, they're gonna kill it. And they're already yeah. kind of killing it in a bad way. Because, you know, now they're making Lady and the Tramp, which looks horrible. It looks like an no. air It looks like an air bud movie. Oh, like it's, it's so not sad. it's oh. not good. These little pops talking like Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Like it's yeah. it's not good. They, they've made it way too obvious in the fact that they're trying to milk every single ounce of money out of these older Disney. Films. And the fact that the that uh, the little mermaid's getting so much buzz now and they're gonna do a live action T V broadcast of that as well not only is the remakes and like this refurbished like nature of these movies they are also changing history with it so uh Mm. well i think we talked did we talk about this on camera last week where we were talking about mulan uh, well we didn't talk about dumbo which you know what dumbo was a good movie i thought it was good obviously it has its flaws. It was enjoyable. You could sit down and you could just watch it and be like, mm-hmm. okay. But they the changed the mm-hmm. storyline and it's been out for a while now. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, they didn't kill off the mom, which was such a big thing. Or take the mom away. At the end, they're like frolicking in the fields and being so happy. And how can you change such a, like a detrimental part of a movie? Spoilers yeah. for a movie that's been out for months. Well, yeah, that's what I said. It's, it's still been fresh. out a long yeah. time. It's still fresh. It's been out a long so, time. Sorry, sorry about that spoiler alert. it wasn't but, really a spoiler but um never a spoiler yeah. always a <laughs> but like with with these movies uh i have an interesting take on it so from what i heard aladdin was so good when it was being itself and not following the cartoon so will smith when he was doing himself not a robin williams uh impersonation or anything like that fantastic he was great same thing goes with the the aladdin and jasmine characters and whatever individual story bits they had that weren't from the cartoon i hear were really good uh and i heard there was a lot of weird musical numbers of like slow down and uh, fast forwarding within songs which is kind of weird but here's my thing so these movies got sequels that a lot of people probably have either they've seen once or they've never seen the sequel idea is not bad however if they were going to do these remakes, I almost wish they took that approach first to where you have The Lion King, you have Aladdin, you have Maleficent or whatever. And these are these already loved things. So have those characters in a brand new story, just real life. That works. That would not be a bad idea. But unfortunately, like we got Lion King and it was a carbon copy. We got Aladdin where I'm hearing it was different. Dumbo was slightly different. I didn't see Cinderella. Uh, what was it? Beauty and the Beast was yeah. was, was fr- from what I hear it was spot pretty on. spot on. But I really enjoyed that one. Mm. I uh, think Beauty and the Beast was the best one they've had yet. Yeah, and so I think there is an issue though with creating the sequels. I mean, they they're basically making live action sequels to the original now. Mm-hmm. So it's like for them to make a sequel of the live action, it's like dragging it on and on and on. Why can't we just remaster like they've been doing and 
you know, cor color correct all of the old animation. Still keep yeah. the the time of it and still keep, you know, the magic of it. But why can't we revamp it and bring that to kids today? Why does it have to be, oh, it's a real lion? Why can't it be the animated well, lion? Why even revamp it? Because, I But mean, if they want to bring more money just in, make it better. why not re-release it in theaters? Why not just do that? Well, they do that still. I know. But, and like, it still sells, but it's but like... But why remake the... I just don't... I don't uh, the remakes are pointless I think general. that the princess ones are okay because it's, it's a more people than it is animals. Yeah. So I think that that works. You will never get... Uh, or no, I'm lying because there's Lady and the Tramp. So I, I like Lady and the Tramp is gonna be so weird. I, it's such am a weird I gonna, choice. Are we gonna watch it? I'm not. I like I'm subscribing so. to Disney Plus. I don't have any plans on watching that movie like the first yeah, week. Probably not. So that's a pass for me, dog. But <laughs> but like yeah. it, it's literally it's so yeah. <laughs> and and also <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's a mess. It's 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 a mess with these remakes. It's not so. necessary. Lion King. Once again, we're all on the yeah. same page. We do not think that this is necessary. However, throughout this podcast, if you guys do have different thoughts on different sections mm -hmm. we're talking about, please comment below mm -hmm. or, you know, message us on Instagram and let us know what you think. Um, just so we can kind of have your ideas on it because obviously what we say is just our own opinion and we love to hear everyone else's opinions. So Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, obviously just as we keep continuing... I know topic one seemed loaded. Um, I don't think we're going to plan on really talking too much about that kind of stuff in the future unless no. something just comes up like that. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's, not, it's just a specific thing that's yeah. kind of been really big right now. And, I, you know, it has to do with video games. Which is the, the point. This is, you know, the culture. This you is, know. you know, everything that's going on right now that's trail pop, pop yeah, culture, you know, content. Like yeah. You know, right. it relates yeah. to everything that we go through. Unfortunately, some things are heavy, but I think that if we ignore the fact that we're not really doing justice to what's actually going on and we don't want to be, you know, turning a blind eye either to big things like yeah. this. Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, it, you know, it'll be good for us to touch on lighter topics and in, in sense of, you know, mm -hmm. the video games and stuff like that. Like, you know, they're doing, mm -hmm. you know, loot boxes and the, uh, the gambling like in GTA uh, you know all the, all that stuff, but you know we, we just thought that, that it was a big thing going on right now. That so we, we just had to like, talk about. We it, just yeah. felt like we had to talk about it. That's all. But you know, just giving out our opinions. That's yeah, all. That's all. All right. So on to our third topic, uh, which is our main topic for today, is uh, the movie "Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark." Um, I, I don't know how I felt about that movie. Honestly, it was like a really, it was like a mix of. I, I guess I liked some parts of it, but overall, it, I just don't think it was for me, to be honest. What are your guys' opinions? Uh, with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, so this is something that I I've, I vaguely remember as a kid, and I thought it was really exciting that Guillermo del Toro, one of my favorite directors of all time, is coming to produce this movie. He didn't direct it, he's producing it, so just having his name on it, you kind of have a good idea of what's going to happen uh, with this movie. So uh, Amanda actually sent me a video of the practical effects in this movie. Which if you didn't know behind the scenes watching this movie, unfortunately you would think that it is all CGI because they CGI'd over the people where people actually were wearing the makeup and the costumes and people actually doing this work. Like you put so much effort into it. And I think that everyone's so used to everything being fake and yeah. being, you know, very dramatic. 
that actually he made these costumes like he sat down the guy who played the jangly man he could actually contort his body the way it did Mm -hmm. but they cgi'd him to make him look more scary which almost made him look fake which was unfortunate i feel and they had these wonderful like amanda was saying these wonderful character actors where you had people that were the jangly man you had the uh the white woman you had the the my toe woman and all these different creatures yeah the scarecrow and it was like if if i were to remove myself from this whole movie but strictly look at it for the uh practical effects minus the cgi which i thought was very minor aside from the jangly man personally the jangly man was on something Uh, it kind of just didn't fit it was too much and the woman with the toe it was a lot i didn't i didn't really notice too much with the woman with the toe but i i loved 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 practical effects uh Mm -hmm. in this movie and that's something that will always sell me in a movie in general i think a lot of movies lack that it is this it's this realistic almost like tangible approach to a movie that makes you feel horror realistically because it's there it's not a cgi werewolf or a or a ghost or something it's actually a suit and it looks very real and i love that so much uh with my opinion on the movie i i think uh i i just land in the it it was okay i i don't hate it i don't love it it just lands in the middle every movie i see every every year whenever i do watch a horror movie like this i always want it to be that next halloween movie for me where i can watch it in october and enjoy it and this movie sold me really fast uh, especially in the beginning on the whole halloween feel felt so good you could almost like smell the pumpkin spice but it just dropped off very fast and uh, i i loved it so much but uh unfortunately it just it fell off for me i thought the acting was a little bit shoddy but the practical effects were so good well if anyone's ever read the stories i mean i grew up on them i have all of them i have the whole collection i used to read them all the time sleepovers all that stuff and uh i think that they portrayed you know how the stories were created very well um i liked how they they showed you what the stories were i liked that they related you know in the movie um, without giving away any spoilers. I definitely think that they did a good job with that. I did like the practical effects. I agree with in the beginning of the movie, you got this really nice fall vibe. You were sitting there, you're like, okay, the leaves are changing, the scarecrow's out, people are wearing their varsity jackets for yeah. football. You know, you're you're going back into it. I you're mean, seeing with, corn mazes. What yeah. was interesting yeah. was this was in a different um, era, a different time. It was like the 1960s so, or 70s. Something like that. Oh, yeah. And that I kind of like that because it made it a little bit more believable. Because if it were relating to modern day today, people would have been like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, you didn't have the cell phones, really. You know, they had walkie-talkies. And it kind of brought you back to, to that sort of time. But I still... I don't know why every movie, Monster House, that that old movie, the animated one. The DreamWorks one, right? Yeah, Yeah. that movie. This had such (laughs) strong Monster House vibes with the kids, the the cast, the way they, you know, casted the kids into it, the storyline, the people. I mean, I I love it. Like, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was good, but... I was a little disappointed in the acting. I mean, looking back on it now, maybe if I sat and watched it at home, it would have been. It would be a little bit better because obviously you have your jump scares and you're mm-hmm. waiting there like, oh god, when is this gonna happen? There was a, there was a scene in the movie where it had to be 
easy two minutes yeah, two of minutes silence. Of just dead silence. And it's just, you felt the tension in the theater, but you're like, just jump, please. Like, because just tra- jump. It, wasn't even it was really too long, that. though, because people started to laugh. Because you're like, oh, God, yeah. what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, you don't want that at the end of the day. You don't want people to start laughing because they're uncomfortable. You want to just, like, get it over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that would be my only fault with that part of the movie. I mean, otherwise, there were some things, you know, that didn't add up. There's, like, always a love story in every movie, which was unnecessary. Absolutely. I'm oh, sorry, you can go next. No, I was just going to say with these, you know, you kind of see it in the beginning, especially with the drive-in scene, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. It just it didn't it didn't really fit. It didn't make sense. Yeah. I, I, it was I unnecessary. It yeah, you know that's not what the story. That's not what this whole story was about. Um, I, I think you know there are three books, so I think there is potential for there to be sequels. Um, I would probably go see a sequel if they did make one because I want to see if they can bring it back, um, and kind of you know rope everyone back in because at the end you're kind of just like, eh. All right. Yeah. It needs a grab, and I think, you know, they have a lot of potential to create more characters, and, you know, I think that they, they could go far with that, but I think if they take everyone's reviews from this movie, they can perfect if they do a mm-hmm. second one the mm-hmm. second time around. I've, again, I just, the practical effects were so good in this movie, and, mm-hmm. like, a sequel would be great. And the fact that the stories were word for word, I appreciated that. You know, what oh, you yeah. read it as, that's oh, yeah. what you got. You know, it wasn't like, let me change the story up. What you remember reading, you remember reading Harold's story, remember the Toe story, you know, you remember, I don't want to say more because I don't oh. want to give it away, but you remember all of these stories, like the Jangly Man, and they were scary, they were creepy, and they did have a cool scene that I'm not going to talk about, but they discussed the song, which for me is in the book, and I remember reading that when I was younger and being like, this is dark. And I didn't even pick up on it until they said what it was. And then after you really start thinking about the music, you're like, this is very dark for it to be PG-13. Yeah. uh, I mean, people brought a baby into this theater, which we didn't understand at all. Clowns. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think my main thing is I, you know, I I was never a a scary stories kid Mm -hmm. as a kid. Uh, I was probably more goosebumps to be honest. I, didn't I was see both those though. Yeah. yeah, but scary stories were short tales. Goosebumps were novels, basically small novels. Uh, to me, Goosebumps, uh, comparing this to the Goosebumps movie, I really like how this borrows from the Goosebumps film because I thought Goosebumps was also a very good movie. However, this improved on where Goosebumps failed, and that was practical effects. Yeah. Uh, I think Goosebumps could have been amazing. They both had rough acting. Yeah. I mean, but also with horror movies, bad acting is almost a given. So you can look at it that way, too. Yeah, that's uh, supposed to be bad. Yeah. So, in general, I thought it was okay. I'd see a sequel. I'd actually watch this movie again. Yeah, not in I'd theater. Yeah, I'd give it another chance but... at, at home. Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Sorry, but it's... You know, it just, it, you know... It was cringy. From, there were yeah, some cringy oh, moments. Oh, easily. Personally, to me, like, personally, me out of this group, I probably feel that it's just another, another like, not a cash grab, like another horror flick that just kind of throws jump scares at you. The, the, the only thing I liked a lot was the, um, you know, the monster designs. Yeah. yeah I thought they were real, literally But that's the what best brought part. people to the movie, that and the yeah. stories. Yeah. Not, it didn't bring the ki- First of all, never seen these actors a day in my life. They were, no, they had to be. They're brand new, new fresh yeah. off the block. You can yeah. tell they were just, but, <laughs> they were trying their best, but it was but, not working. But definitely some of the characters, definitely, you could tell they were trying. Yeah. yeah. As I appreciate I mean, Except that. for the dad. 
the dad had been in stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I don't remember from what, I, so it just tells you how famous he is, but, yeah. you know, he's definitely been in a commercial or two. Yeah. Uh, overall, really felt this movie was okay. Um, it, it didn't check off that Halloween viewing for me. No, like, it didn't give me enough. Yeah. Like, I'm ready for fall to happen now. Like, I already have all my Halloween stuff purchased. I got my yeah. fall stuff. I wanted to be put in that mood. And this did it in the beginning. Um... It's not a spoiler at all, but they did play uh, season, season of the of witch, witch, which if you l ever listen to that song, it's that will bop. put you into yeah. you know that spiritual mood, and then it just flopped. Like it was, it was <laughs> yeah. literally so perfect the setup yeah. to Halloween. But after I think the first encounter of once we found out uh, how they were gonna continue yeah. it, you're like, oh god. Also, Halloween's like the first ten minutes of this movie. Yeah, yeah. But uh, do you wanna? Do you want to give it some kind of score from each of us out of ten, maybe for for movies that we go over? Um, or do you think we should have some I, sort of rating system? I mean, well, I guess one through what ten? One through ten, or ten or being one the best, five. Yeah. one being the worst, yeah. five being okay. Yeah. I mean, because I enjoyed the practical effects and everything, and I, I mean, I never wanted to fall asleep during the movie, no. which I've done yeah. before. So it was I, late, so I, I would give it. Off. I would give it like a six point five. That's what I would do. Oh, okay. I mean, that's, that's pretty decent. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Uh, honestly, I'm probably going to give it a four. You know, mainly that four <laughs> is from, you know, the, the character, the the effects, or the, the monster, the look of the monsters. I think, really, that's kind of what got me. Otherwise, it's just a very forgettable movie, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it sits, I think, at a very, very comfortable, like, seven. Uh, the practical effects carry this movie a long way. And when this movie tries to scare you without a jump scare, I think it does very well. Yeah, it was creepy. Yeah. I was going to give yeah, it a 7, but I didn't want to get judged. It, no, so it, I'm sticking with my 6.5, but... Before we jump on to the next topic, I will say that this movie, for its rating, PG-13, it does a lot of kind of, not like body gore, but it does very interesting things to like gross you out in a very it interesting way the younger part of you that was afraid of things in the dark yeah and that's it scary stories to tell in the dark and when you're sitting there in a dark theater and you see these things even though you know that they're fake even though that you've seen behind the scenes of people dressing up as them you wouldn't want to see this thing coming down your of course no, oh I, hell I, I no. Agree with that. no you know especially yeah the, some of them definitely had that vibe of if i was in that situation i would be oh they make your skin yeah. crawl yeah Ooh, and then you wonder like why aren't these people fighting back yeah. <laughs> they just like accept <laughs> they, they it like it. oh my god you gotta go out and see it though either way whether you think it's a four whether you think it's a seven <laughs> whether you think it's a ten a one yeah. it's still something to see yeah I and it's say... still something that you know what Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo del, del Toro. Toro. I can never say it right. I think that he, you know, he he puts his heart and soul in everything, and you could tell that with these people. Yeah, and yeah. and again, I just want to say he he did produce it, so he he obviously had his his fingers on the the practical effects, the directing yeah. of the movie. That's whatever, but because yeah, when this movie first started, him. I was like, oof, rip him. I was like, this is bad. Yeah. And then Brandon was like, no, he just like helped with like the yeah, costume producing. Yeah. I was like, oh, well then, uh, it's different. still a little bit of a but tarnish. It, in on in his general, record. Guillermo del Toro makes movies that not everybody will like. A yeah. lot of people will not like Shape of Water when you watch I Shape enjoyed of it. Water. I love that movie. And I think his his movies are beautiful when it is his core films um i think yeah. when you see the isolation if you guys have you know obviously most people have facebook or instagram if you look up 
the insider edition of the behind the scenes for this movie even if you don't plan on seeing this movie just see these characters get into these these people get into these character suits and see them transform the creature actors that so is good that is just enough for you to to appreciate his work mm-hmm. to me that probably would have been more entertaining watching well i did share it with movie. you but you didn't watch it <laughs> you know i really have right. <laughs> well uh that was a scary stories to tell in the dark that's our opinion so yep. on to the next mm-hmm. topic topic number four which is SummerSlam, Ooh. which we were planning on Ooh. potentially doing a completely separate episode for this because we have a lot to talk about but just bear with us because we're gonna try and not speed through it, but, you know, get through the good points and talk about what um, we want from mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, well, from the from SummerSlam. But we also want to mention that, yes, last week we talked a lot about wrestling up front. So yeah. we're not, we don't want to drown the audience who isn't really interested in the WWE or Which is why we do AEW. have timestamps on our, our YouTube page yes. down below. So you can skip around if you don't like the WWE. Mm-hmm. If you, you can, don't like a topic, yeah. you can always skip. Yeah. Uh, but let's start off with the really awesome wrestling gear. So, uh, do you want to talk about some? Who was your favorite with the wrestling gear? This well, night? I think the most popular that most people, even WWE, was highlighting was Alexa Bliss as um, Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. That was really cool seeing her come out, and I mean, it was funny. She was, you know, pretending to shoot her little laser beam. And yeah. That's, you know, it's more fun. I feel like when they're playful with their costumes and. They did a really nice job of, of making that. That's something that you don't see that often. You know, you see a lot of fighting characters, Mortal Kombat. Um, mm-hmm. Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, even the White Walker yeah. that they did. So it was cool to see, you know, something like that. Where it wasn't like Bailey coming in as a hugger. You know, it's still related to little kids, but she made it modern. There's a cool pop culture reference and all that kind of stuff. And and I remember we were sitting down and I'm like, that's Buzz Lightyear. And then we saw like her design like on the on her like chest part of the uh, the attire and it was really cool. And then uh, for me, it was, I thought it was awesome when Ricochet came out as Nightwing from DC Comics. Uh, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. There was a lot of effort into this. Yeah, it, it was so incredible. With uh, the R. Yeah, it was just like, it, it, for those who don't know, Nightwing is an older version of one of Batman's Robins. So mm-hmm. there's, of course, a whole bunch of different Robins, and this is just one of the older versions of yeah, which, the one character. Which most people could recognize. Yeah. You know, it was pretty... It, pretty self-explanatory so cool like the ring gear just in general when seth rollins did the avengers time suit uh he did the white walker ronda rousey did a white power ranger like it was there's that stuff is so neat to me yeah, they yeah. need more of that honestly especially i think they're trying now with new writers mm-hmm. to bring it back yeah. but I, I think my, my only issue with that is that they only do it for like wrestlemania and SummerSlam. Yeah. well it's to, to get it. more buzz that's the whole thing they're not gonna like, have yeah. it literally they're not going to have it as, um, you know, a consistent costume because then it's not special anymore. That's the point. You want to watch these almost to see the costumes. Well, it's going to be every, you know, every so often at a pay-per-view, you know. Well, this is the summer's WrestleMania. Yeah. You know? With that being said, there were only nine matches, including pre-show. And so, it felt so long. It was very long. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very long. It was long. I, I mean, we, we wrote down, you know, the matches and... We, we kind of made it more fun for ourselves to guess how long they were going to be and whoever, you know, got the closest. We, you know, put bets down on who was going to win. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go through them. If we want to talk about a match, yeah. we can talk about the yeah, match. I mean, if, we can briefly go over it. If we have nothing to say, 
Nothing to say. Yeah. So, the pre-show, the very first match was Buddy Murphy versus Apollo Crews. We all had our money on Apollo Crews. Um, and this match actually ended in a disqualification with Rowan coming out attacking Murphy. So, this was kind of a letdown because you're like, oh, it's the first match. Like, who's going to win? And Apollo's really good and he has, you know, great acrobatics in the ring. And then for Rowan to come out and just kill it, you're like, well, that's how well, this night's going to go. Well, it's also pre-show. Well, the whole thing with that <laughs> But that's is, a, it's a start. Yeah. Well, the whole thing with that is that Buddy Murphy was a snitch mm-hmm. to Rowan, to Roman Reigns, because of that whole situation mm-hmm. that's going on with him. Yeah. And they're still trying to find the culprit for, you know, who who's doing all these things and trying yeah. to kill Roman Reigns, which, you know, like, I saw a bunch of people on Twitter, like, snitches get snitches, so, you know, uh, I guess Buddy Murphy got what he deserved, so, I mean, it, it has some place somewhere. Well, that... But it still wasn't a great... That great match for me yet. gets a thumbs down, because no. that was bad. Yeah, Easily. Was, I, that was yeah. bad. It was a snooze fest. And yeah. then, you know, speaking of Alexa Bliss, that was the second match, so it was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics, and we all had our money on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, what a shocker. And uh, they did win. And it was for the Women's Tag Team Championship. The Iconics did come out in a Maleficent costume. Um, I don't remember. Billy? Yeah, right? Billy Kay came she out. came out. I don't even know if I call that a costume. It's just kind of a headdress. Well, the horns, they addressed it as a Maleficent costume. So It's something. I, I mean, guess. they tried, but I think their costumes are really boring. But it's like compared to the Buzz Lightyear. It wasn't like, good. It, but Nikki can't. Cross also, her outfit wasn't cool. Alexa yeah. Bliss was the only one that shined through that. Yeah. And uh, they did win. Well, she's also done, like, a punk Cinderella before. Yeah. And she's done Harley Quinn. That was, like, her big thing, too. And she's do the Tinkerbell fairy yeah. thing, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, it, was a, it was a solid match. So that was for the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. have anything else to say no, about I mean, that? I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, pre-shows are usually very boring yeah. <laughs> for me personally. <laughs> I really they, don't care. They either just throw in NXT people or yeah. they just, you know, have some throwaway, you know, yeah. um, fight. So that was for the pre-show, and then getting into the first match for SummerSlam, it was Becky Lynch versus Natalia, and this was for the Raw Championship. This Brandon's giving a thumbs down right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just like I thought it was a pointless match, and it was pointless hype given. And it, well, you and Nick both said that you thought Becky would win. I had hopes that Natalia would take it over because I'm over Becky Lynch. <laughs> And they were also in um, Toronto, Canada, which is her hometown, and they were really rooting for her, so I thought it would have been a cool takeover for her if she did win the belt, but unfortunately, Becky took it home. We did guess the time, and this match did run for 13 minutes, so it was on the longer side of some of the other matches. Um, I mean, at least the only good thing that did come out of, you know, the whole Natalia and um, you know, the man story was that, you know, eventually on Raw, Sasha Banks would come out and everything, and, you know, after SummerSlam, which, you know, was really huge, it was a huge thing. It was very uh, cool. You know, but yeah, you know, all happening in, in Natalia's hometown, I guess. Yeah, know, so Sasha something. Banks did make a return, which was really cool. That yeah. was more exciting than SummerSlam yeah, in the Yeah, you know, I, I, but... <laughs> yeah, the only reason, I'm, only reason I'm mentioning it is because, you know, it was kind of a part of SummerSlam it weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it is something to bring up at least, you know, we could bring up some stuff from the past, you yeah. know, a couple mm-hmm. days or so. And then the uh, second match for SummerSlam was Dolph Ziggler mm-hmm. versus Goldberg. I actually really enjoyed this match. Uh, I enjoyed The whole three too. minutes of yeah. what this match was this match was supposed to be a squash uh squash match <laughs> squash. i say that way too much uh, it was basically just to get goldberg over 
And, and you know what? He did a great job. No, he, he, did. He, did. he did a great he job. He did what Goldberg does. And, That's but, awesome. But well, not a, well, considering the fact that he redeemed himself from last time he was in the ring with Undertaker, I think he did a, a damn good job. I, I mean, he didn't break his skull open beforehand well, and give himself a concussion. Well, the thing is, Goldberg did a really good job, but I feel Dolph Ziggler did a really good job at Playing selling, yeah. Yeah. selling oh the spears and everything sure. was was nuts. Yep. He really just was bouncing around the ring. But yep, was it so necessary? Goldberg gave three spears. <laughs> the first spear, t- it looked like he killed a man. <laughs> but Dolph Ziggler also did two of um, Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music. Oh yeah. So that was kind of cool to bring that in. Um, since they had talks that he was going to verse The Miz or Shawn Michaels, and then Goldberg came out, which was the hype of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. I thought it was a perfect way for Goldberg to end. It was way better than Kurt Angle's retirement, personally, yeah. I think. And, I, like, I feel so bad for him now, too, because it's like, Corbin's nowhere. Yeah, Corbin yeah, sucks. He's nowhere to be seen. He basically lost to get over, and, and then Corbin's not even yeah. over. Yep. So, yeah, that was, that was a pretty Thumbs good. up like, for me. I like the match. Thumbs up. That's a thumbs up. And uh, what did we give uh, Becky and Natalia? Thumbs down? Uh, I gave it a... Uh, I just... I thought it was alright. I give it a thumbs down, yeah. and then when Sasha Banks came out the next night, I gave it a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a neutral stand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't care yeah. for it very much. Indifferent. Yeah. Alright, so then the next match we had was AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Um, Brandon and myself were rooting for AJ, and Nick was going for Ricochet. Um, this was for the US Championship, and AJ Styles did retain with 13 minutes. So, when you look at this match being 13 minutes of AJ Styles and Ricochet, and then you look at the Becky Lynch and the Natalia match being 13 minutes, you got way more content out of the AJ Styles and Ricochet match. Well, not of course, because it was all submission. It was all mm-hmm. submission only for right. Natalia and the man, that's why. But not even just, like, if you were really a big fan of Natalia and Becky Lynch, you got that thing. But with AJ Styles and even Ricochet, like, Ricochet, even if you don't like him, he's amazing to he watch. Is. But then you have AJ Styles, who, when he's with the club, uh, which is what they basically they gave him back, Carl Anderson and uh, and Luke Gallows, and uh, it's just it's amazing. It's everything I want. AJ Styles as a heel, he's so cool. He's like he's just a punk, and I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think his and, and Ricochet, they kind of ricochet off each yeah. other's personalities. Oh, these puns. Look, I had to. <laughs> But no, I, th- I really do think they have good chemistry with each yeah, other. Yeah, it's a great rivalry, I think. You know, and you know, I mean, it, it does kind of suck they're putting that on the the sidelines for this new, uh, you know, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, which you know we can we can get to after mm-hmm. you know we talk about Seth Rollins, but you know. Yeah, so I give that a thumbs up. Thumbs up, easy. Yeah. So then the next match we had was Ember Moon versus Bailey. Um, We were all rooting for Ember Moon. I don't like her personally, but I think it's time for someone else to have the belt. Bailey's had it for a long time. I forgot she even had the belt. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh, that's why. Okay. And uh, Bailey's just, I like her. I think she's probably a great person. I can't stand Ember Moon when she comes out and screams. It makes me want to like <laughs> She's rip out my eardrums. Yeah. It's horrible. She did wear a cool mask. It's like it was like a hooded skull mask. Yeah, yeah. It, I, props to that. But Entrance other than gear. that, Bailey won. She retained the title. It was ten minutes. Oh, ten minutes too many. Yeah. And I think you know they could have pulled a Goldberg into three minutes and would have been fine. Yeah, that's a thumbs down for me. Yeah, thumbs down. I'll give it a thumbs down. All right. So we uh we stopped timing these next. Four ma- five matches. We just got into it. We got yeah. into it, and, and so if you don't hear us talk about that, um, 
The next match was Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon with um, special guest referee Elias. Um, Kevin Owens won versus Shane McMahon? Yeah, he did yeah. because okay. he, yeah, he knocked out the, uh, the Elias and then the other referee that was in there. Yeah, I stepped got, out. I didn't see this one. Uh, honestly, it was a, as, as soon as you said what the match was, instant thumbs down. Yeah, I don't it care. Was, it was bad. Anything with Shane McMahon I, right now is so overhyped and pushed. Yeah, and yeah. Put your money on an actual star, please. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, um, Brandon and I had voted for Kevin and Nick was going for Shane. So. I just, I, I, the only reason I voted for Shane is because I thought WWE would just do another pay per view where Shane wins again. Yeah. You yeah. know, against The Miz, he wins. Yeah. Against, you know, Vince must have been Roman asleep during wins. that uh, conference that they when, had for that. When Kevin gets over by himself and it's like authentic, he's awesome. When it's forced uh, over, well, it's it sucks not because good. it was the whole Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, then they both got banned from. Raw, that was, and they went to SmackDown, yeah. and then they both got injured. Yeah, and then Sami Zayn came back, and no one likes Sami Zayn. And then Kevin Owens came back with that's like a, a bold take. A lot of people it's, like yeah. Sami Zayn. Well, he's annoying. In this room, nobody likes yeah, Sami Zayn. Yeah, it's the truth. This is my world right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an opinion. Paul. No, it, it, but I mean, then you, in reality, technically the audience hates him because yeah. he ends up dissing them. So really, no one likes Sami yeah, Zayn, whether you might enjoy but... him or not. But um. Then Kevin Owens came back with his KO show, and he was doing pretty well. And you know, he lost weight. He got more um, muscular. Got you know, well, he got fit. Yeah. yeah. And he was doing well. And then they started the whole Shane McMahon. I thing. loved him in New Day when he came back. Yep. Yeah. The that was best funny. thing. Uh, it yeah. was so funny seeing Eat all him. these pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> taking over Big E's position. Yep. He's like, all right. Yeah, awesome. But, yeah. yeah, but now he's like a replace, like a slight replacement for CM Punk, and it's kind of just they're like they're trying to be. Edgy. They've tried that yeah. with Sami Zayn. They tried that with uh, Kevin Owens. It's CM Punk was his own breed of animal, and it was authentic and it felt real. And to this day, nobody knows if it was real or not. Obviously, it was more so real. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I like I miss that man. I yeah. think he was awesome in WWE. Um, but. Yeah, so I mean to pretty much close that one out. You know, it was good to see him kick. Thumbs Shane down. Again. Instant um, thumbs down. I was gonna say <laughs> if you let me finish, it was good to see. It was good to see Shane McMahon get kicked in the balls without you know Elias seeing. But yeah. you know, after what happened on SmackDown, where they still won't let this storyline <sighs> end. You know, it's I'm, I'm done about with it. Again. Yep. I'm done with it. So yeah. thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. And then the next match we had was Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus, and that was to see who the queen of all time was. Battle of the breasts. And that's basically what it was. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, Nick and I had voted for Charlotte Flair, and Brandon was going for Trish Stratus. I like Charlotte Flair personally. I think she's really good in the ring. I don't like this whole competitive act that they wanted. She did win. Um, and Trish did retire, so she says... This was her basic goodbye match. They all say that they retire, and then they come back, but I I mean, for what it's worth watching it, it was boring, and I think that, you know, Charlotte Flair can do better than this. Um, Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very special, honestly. I didn't even know it was uh, her retirement match at all, so I I just was rooting for... Honestly, I'll just give it a thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah, it's not very good. No woo for you. No. The, the woo is booed. <laughs> um, the next match was Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton um, for the WWE Championship, and this resulted in a double countout disqualification. That's a thumbs down from me immediately. <laughs> Nick was rooting for Randy Orton. Brandon was rooting for Kofi. I was indifferent. I didn't really care. <laughs> I love this match. 
I thought this match was a lot of fun. Uh, I tried to rewatch it. I couldn't even get through it. There's something about it. It was so... It's so old. But... Like... I, I like how they had a history of, like, 2008, 2007, when this started, and there was, like, a cool history to it. And I remember watching those nights when... And I Kofi, feel like it was cool back then. Why are yeah, they bringing but it, it was again? Because it was never fleshed out, so I yeah. guess they're what that's what they're using it with. But, I mean... Yeah, I think the history's kind of lame, but for what it was, too, like they're though. throwing pancakes at each other. It was pretty yeah. funny. Like, but, I think the beginning was funny, and I think the beginning had promise more. Mm-hmm. That double countout happened. Even the entire crowd was like, "That that is no way to hype up this, you know, rivalry and then have no winner." No, just a yeah, disqualification. Yeah, like that's not. But I would have rather seen Randy Orton win, and then maybe Kofi, like you know, come at him with, like, yeah. his rage and everything, you know. Or have the New Day be a part of it. Yeah, well, like, make it more yeah. interesting. If it's, just, if it's a winner, at least just give a winner. Like, yeah. that's all that matters. Uh, the, my biggest worry with WWE lately is they make a feud just to make a feud, and mm-hmm. then it's gone. And with something like this, I kind of want it to stick around for a little bit. I don't think so. I think they revived it, and now that's it. It's done. It should have yeah. ended at SummerSlam. That's yeah. it. They're, they're going to keep yeah. going with it. Maybe. Which, we'll see. Which I don't think they should. They should have just ended it. Least, I think the best, you know. one of the best views Randy Orton had was with Jeff Hardy when he did all the weird oh, lately, yeah. lately, yes, yeah. lately, with where, his ear. yes, yeah. where he had the earring, the scissors, the screwdriver, like Ooh. crazy then, stuff. You really see you like cringed. a maniac. You cringed when you watched it. It was the truth. That was awesome. That was real cool. Like Randy Orton has had some incredible runs, and a lot of the runs were the start of like where that Kofi match was, like him and John Cena, and all this other stuff. So the Legend Killer gimmick was amazing i loved it he was going after people punt kicking them you really thought he was like putting these people in hospitals it was yeah. so cool yeah, uh, and now it's just unbelievable yeah and now you're just kind of like eh. but uh yeah. yeah so that was i i give it a thumbs up i give, give it a thumbs down for the yeah conclusion. thumbs down just, really i didn't like it. it but our next match was the one that we were anticipating the whole week the whole night which I think was everyone wants. right which was finn balor versus Bray Wyatt coming out as the Fiend. First time the Fiend has been in a match. Everyone was hoping the Demon would come out instead of Finn Balor, but we didn't get that. And we luckily did get the Fiend to win. Um, mm. He had his awesome intro where he carried his his head as the lantern, the old Bray Wyatt, yeah. mm-hmm. which was really unique. Um, you know, his finishing... Well, one of his finishing moves where he broke the neck. Like, that was crazy. Mm. Um I, I thought it was really good. I think the costume spot on for him. I think it matches his personality better than the little swamp rat did. Yeah. And <laughs> I, swamp rat. <laughs> that's what he looks like. The Bayou Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think that uh, right now he can play this scary fiend. I like that they're still using the Firefly Funhouse because that was something so cool for them to do. Something yeah. out of the box they hadn't done. But I do want the demon versus Bray Wyatt. And I hope. Or the fiend. And I hope this is a story. That continues, like what I was just saying. You gotta take some of these feuds and like ride them out, cause you're gonna get so uh, you're gonna get a fan base for either side, and you're gonna want to see the ups and downs. But like we said last week, you have the story: fiend versus demon. Whoever wins wins. But that is cool. That's a cool story right there. Yep. Uh, what I really liked about the fiend was. I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. When Amanda uh, was watching it, um, I was watching it as well. We replayed it. Yeah, we replayed it. And I noticed that, yes, it starts out with the Firefly Funhouse, and then it kind of just, like, 
the old television mm-hmm. like static. Kill, yeah static signal shot and then the song is awesome mm. but the song constantly says hurt heal and that's what his gloves are and i thought that was so cool yeah, i didn't even notice um until like after um watching it but he was actually like kind of putting his ears up to his fists like hurt and heal and then oh. he put his, uh, his hand or his uh what was it hurt and he mm-hmm. punched finn valor like he kind of has some sense of uh, like morality or yeah something. Like he has like the you know the half and half and he played a couple times throughout the match where he would like bug out and he's and like he, am i doing the right yeah. thing and you're like whoa what's yeah. going on here yeah i think it was you know absolutely just shockingly like better than i thought it would have you know turned out definitely i think a lot of people were very surprised in a very very good way it was a solid thumbs up yeah for oh, a, easy. a golden thumb yeah um i, I don't i don't buy uh, wrestling figures at all but i think once they make a fiend one i will actually yeah. probably buy it and even I, the mask is cool like it's, it's very it's cool. cool uh but i definitely want a fiend figure and that also reminds me i really got to get the the final deletion pack of, yeah uh, yeah but I, matt hardy and yeah Bray. i think the i think my ultimate you know wants for this whole feud is for it to be the demon versus the fiend yeah and, see and have clash. this build up and maybe they'll build it up for wrestlemania which I'm, yeah, I'm they could pull it out for they, a long they, they can time. Pull it off for mm-hmm. a year and if they do, it it's not even. It's half a year, six months. Somebody said, too, I, I was reading on Facebook or YouTube, the way to book The Fiend is have him wrestle like Brock. So you have... Out of nowhere. You ha- yeah, you have Bray Wyatt doing these cool segments all the time. And since he has a kid, this is perfect for him. Yeah. Like, you have... Like, he's doing the fun well, house. he's had kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, he's having he's the fun house um, stuff all the time. But when you get to, like... I don't know. What is it? What's the next really big pay-per-view? Well, they just released that new pay-per-view of the... the Contest of Champions or yeah, something. Yeah, and it's all the yeah. champions. That's not going to be but that good. I don't know what there's, the next There's one. usually, like, one big one after that and i forget well, but have him come back Women's there Evolution. well pretty big one survivor series and that's it. but that's that's like january rumble is actually before that i think yeah and i mean Maybe. table ladders and chairs there's that too yeah but anyway if he comes out like scarce that would be so good uh and i can think stretch the heart the horrific acts of how he yeah is. like finn balor has his whole thing where he doesn't need to be the demon but when you see the demon it's awesome like you're just like this is it <laughs> yeah i just think the the firefly firefly funhouse segments have so much creativity and so much potential to just keep going you know if you don't have to use them every week on raw and smackdown but using them every other week or you know just mm-hmm. have it have it still be a thing that comes back it's well. something that i'm really sad they didn't do with matt hardy and mm-hmm. his uh his like deletion videos because they, they just didn't so understand good. it and, so but when even the did, halloween episode that they did with the boogeyman yeah. coming back like everyone was like what but when they yeah. finally figured it out it was too late yeah like they did one final deletion and it was so good and it like so everybody 15 will minutes it. of just amazing stupidity it was really but funny. like matt hardy the biggest he was with the broken and woken thing mm-hmm. was in tna so yeah. unfortunately when he came to wwe it just it wasn't there but uh so yeah that was the bray Wyatt and the finn balor yep. match yeah and then our last match was seth rollins versus brock lesnar and seth rollins won the title back from brock lesnar which to be honest i did not want uh, i wanted brock to retain yeah. because i think that with paul Heyman now writing the scripts along with Whatever the other guy's name is, I think that 
they're Eric doing Bischoff. yeah they're doing a great job and i think that brock was actually getting to be more enjoyable and seth is just annoying now yeah, yeah I, I, I i really kind of stopped liking seth a couple months ago yeah. honestly ever since wrestlemania ever since him and becky lynch became in a thing and yeah. they started playing off of that. I was like, okay, this is I'm over this now. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna make them the new Nikki Bella John Cena love duo. Like, not cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm I was still getting sick of Brock Lesnar coming out and like beating up Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get that that's still a good thing. But they could have done something a little different with Brock Lesnar and could have extended this title mm-hmm. this title reign a little better. No, I think we all are getting tired of Brock, but it's the fact that like. Seth I want Braun Strowman to have his chance at the title. I'm waiting. Well, supposedly now he's going to get the United States title run I shot know. or whatever. But yeah. Wait, the only thing we actually didn't talk about was the 24-7 title with um, um. with uh, Carmella dressing up as a news anchor. One of the oh, announcers with yeah. R-Truth. I forgot about and, that. And uh, Drake Maverick came out. And he was like, have you seen him? Yeah, he's like, oh, Drake's here. What? Drake's here. And he comes out in chains and they think it's a rapper and it's just a disappointment. Wearing a Toronto Raptors uh, (laughs) jersey. He's he's really good for the twenty four seven stuff. Yeah, he's definitely he's he's made a character for himself that he definitely you know he redeemed himself in a way. But Um, all in all, what was your your overall review of SummerSlam? Thumb up or thumb down? What do you think, Nick? Uh, you know, honestly, I mean. That's really tough because a lot of the stuff was just kind of like meh. I, meh, could, meh. I couldn't and give it a rating. I thought it was Bray Wyatt meh. themed. Yeah, I feel like it was very neutral. In the middle. Like, yeah, the Bray Wyatt thing like outweighed the or almost outweighed. <laughs> That's why I said everything else. Everything, yeah. That and Alexa Bliss's costume saved the day. Yes. Ricochet's costume. Yeah. And well, Ricochet. to be fair, AJ Styles' match was really good. I really liked that match. Yeah, I can even sacrifice the Kofi and Randy match, but I the Fiend carried all of that hype without even the Fiend. I would it say it should have been the last match. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it should have been the closing match because if they closed it out the way they did with the way he left, with the way they played the music, yeah. and they just ended it, it would have been perfect. Yeah, people would have been. Brock Lesnar always has to be. Yeah, the uh, main event. Not true though, because WrestleMania opened almost always. Though. Yeah. So. You know, aside from some of the other things that happened on the Raw and SmackDown afterward, there's going to be, starting next week, the whole King of the Ring, King of the Ring thing, you know, that they'll be doing, so it's kind of like a tor- uh, like a tournament, I hmm. guess, that they're going to be doing every, or, you know, for the next couple weeks or so, uh, which is pretty interesting, I'm pretty excited for that, they might actually do something interesting with the whole, you know, actually getting a, a ranking of, you know, where people are at right now. In terms of you know fighting yep. each other, it'll be interesting for sure. Yep. So yeah. I think we're ready to move on to our final topic here, which is just things that we've seen going on this week or things that are interesting us right now. Um, we were talking about it actually before the podcast. We were eating dinner, and they're releasing the new Sum Sum Switch, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. It's a Japanese exclusive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I really like the whole design of it. If you haven't seen it, definitely look it up. I don't own a Switch, but I might have to get one just because I think it's so cute. And it's, I mean, it's more catered towards female. Um, Is it though? Like purple and pink, I feel like now are a very universal color. I think color. the fact that Disney sumsums, yeah. they do do a lot for the feminine, like that side of the gender yeah. spectrum. Yeah. They have a lot of little girls outfits, not so much little boys. Not that that means anything. Not saying that no guys can get this, but I think 
it's catering more towards the female end. It's supposed to be like a cutesy, like, uh, it's very cute, the Switch. I I think it's a really cool design. The Joy-Cons, they're, they have hearts on them, and I think they got, like, hearts and spades on on Mm -hmm. both sides. And what I love is I was showing both of these guys, it's the home button has a little set of ears, so it's like a Mickey Mouse head. Uh, But what the cool thing is, is with the dock, uh, where you can plug it into the TV, is it has the hearts and spades and all these different symbols, but it has, I think, four special sumsums, and it's, I think it's Mickey, Pluto, Minnie, Goofy, and Donald. Stitch, you said. Five, I though. think it's Stitch. I don't, I don't know. It Ooh, looked like Pluto. Something along those lines. But, like, it just looks really unique, and it's something that they haven't done. I mean, when it comes to things like this, I think they, they can kind of run with it because they have, you know, endless possibilities of doing all different types of variations. Just like the PS4 bundles and the Xbox One bundle, like all of that, where Col- they can do special skins and everything. Yeah, collector's edition handhelds for me personally are a huge strike to my wallet uh i i remember when the smash bundle was announced uh, i thought it was so cool the dock has like donkey kong samus and marth and like some cool other characters the joy cons i wasn't crazy about it was the smash symbol uh, and i believe on the back of the switch itself there was some other smash brothers characters but the sum sum one is really cool because you're getting two pretty new Joy-Con colors, and you're getting a cool dock. Anytime you get a new dock, that's awesome. Uh, for like for me personally, they also announced the uh, Nintendo Switch Lite, and they come in three different colors. And there's a special Pokemon version for Pokemon Sword and Shield. I uh, impulse bought that, and I have it pre-ordered, uh, and I can't wait for that. <laughs> but uh, I love special edition consoles. Yeah. They are so cool. I really wonder how how hard it is for them to really make those because those just print money people mm-hmm. will buy them you know if it's a really good license like pokemon or smash brothers yeah. or you know even mario you know stuff like that like that prints money for for them well there's a special nintendo switch version that came out with mario odyssey and it was a mario bundle but they were red joy cons but the trick is those are special shade of red so they yeah. call it Mario Red Joy-Cons, mm, where it's more of like a blood red, and it's really nice. Um, I, I have the neon red ones, and I like those as well, and I try to collect a lot of Joy-Cons. But uh, like the Nintendo Switch Lite drops on September 20th, and it's right when the new uh, Zelda Link Awa- Link's Awakening remake comes out. And a lot of people are surprised there's not a special edition Zelda mm-hmm. one which is usually pretty common. So The only thing I can ask them is if they could just add an extra kickstand <laughs> because this one kickstand flopping over thing yeah, is so dumb. Yeah. If you're going to put one in, put it in the middle mm. or put it on both sides. Don't put it on the... It's on the left side, right? Yeah. It, it, it's not as bad as I thought it was, but it it's still hold, bad. though. If you're in, yeah. like, like when we were in the car or we're waiting, like, you're trying to put it on the dashboard and you're in a parking lot, like, mm. anything like that, like, it's fallen over if it's not a perfectly oh, flush, yeah. you know... Yeah surface but yeah, it's, you know i'm sure they have accessories out there though that you can just kind of oh yeah you can buy it. a stand yeah. it just sucks it you does, know? It does mm-hmm. suck though because being fun. portable you would want it to just have more stability mm-hmm. yeah of course so where are you into uh this week nick oh well you know i mentioned last week that i i watched hunter hunter and i finally finished that it was really really good um, but you know now I'm halfway into Cowboy Bebop, which I was told you know by Brandon and even uh, you know a bunch of other people like I've heard so it's just a, such a good anime and it definitely it, you know it, it 
it blew me away so far, at least with you know just the the atmosphere of you know like bounty hunters in space with mm-hmm. you know like pretty much like modern uh, you know weaponry and uh, you know this whole it's cowboy like a sci-fi theme. western like... yeah with like spacecrafts and uh, you know jazz music and it's it's so it just it's such a great combination that I think is super unique for a show like that or even just an anime in general and then it's like you know it's an old fashioned anime so it's a lot more has that gritty art style and everything. I got one question for you. Are you watching it in English? Yes. All right, good. I Okay, okay, good. I, I, you know, I was looking into it, and you know the, um, you know the main the main character Spike. He also plays Tank Dempsey in, mm. in uh, the Steve Call of Duty Zombies, you know, franchise, which is one of my favorite franchises. Uh, like at least I used to play a mm. bunch of it, but definitely that character just is so iconic first episode like you already know you're gonna love spike you're gonna love that character so much and he's just such a likable character uh but yeah definitely i, I got i'm gonna keep watching it super super good i love it yeah I, I love that anime so much when i finally got into it it blew me away same thing uh as like what nick's explaining and every episode is just hooks you it's there's better there's, than the last yeah almost. there's never a dull moment mm-hmm. um so with me, uh, I finished Fire Emblem Three Houses. I finished a story, one of the three uh, routes you can take, and it took me about thirty-seven hours. Um, That's a big game. Yeah, I heard each route could take up to seventy hours. That's so insane. I must have just—I don't know—I I may have skipped some stuff, but I, I really loved my time with that, and I can't wait to do another route. I'm just taking a break from it right now. So yeah. lately. Uh, I've been just finding myself trying to play any game, waiting for the next big game uh, at the end of the month, which is Astral Chain on the Switch. It's like a a platinum game, kind of like Devil May Cry and Bayonetta. Can't Mm. wait for that. Uh, But yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm just trying to take it easy, not play these big RPGs anymore. That takes so much time with other games you could be playing. Exactly. So that's basically it. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it. say that... uh... That's it for this week's episode of the Trail Pop Podcast. Um, I'm going to say stay tuned um, on our Instagram to see sneak peeks of next week's upcoming topics. We're going to be releasing um, you know, our next topics gradually through Instagram on our stories and through posts just to kind of keep you guys entertained through our social media. Um, and don't forget to leave a comment down below telling us what you thought about everything we talked about today. If you agreed with some things, if you disagreed with some things, don't forget to give us a like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram at trio, right? Uh, Trio.pop.podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's in the link. We, we would really appreciate it. It's in the link, and if you just search Trio Pop Podcast, I'm pretty sure you'll find our first. Yeah, uh, you'll find it right away. So what we plan on doing is releasing an episode every Friday. Last week, we just jumped the gun on it. So every we Friday. We're just trying we're, to get it up. And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's our, our first time, so we're trying to make sure you know it all goes well but no, we're gonna refine things over time that's just how podcasts always go and we have new artwork coming to our youtube page courtesy of nick mm-hmm. over the next week hopefully so if i can get around that. to it yeah. no you're getting around to it <laughs> yeah, you're doing it that'd be great you're doing it but <laughs> but uh yeah thanks everybody for watching we really appreciate it again please like subscribe comment uh share it well we very much uh, appreciate it mm-hmm. greatly so Again, uh, hope to see you here next Next week. week. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next time. All right, bye.